We're on. Good morning and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I am, as always, here with Samantha Tradelius and Jennifer Trevani. Hello, ladies. Hello. Good morning. Darling. I am actually really, really happy to say that we are once again joined uh, this week by Joy Alferness, um, who is the only person we could think to call when things went down this week in Texas the way they did. And um, I, 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 we're not trying to get political about it. It happened, it's there. Um, but I think we're all feeling like, oh shit, what can we do? How can we help? How can we, what, what do we do at this point? And Joy, honestly, you were the only person we thought that could really give us some direction. So thank you for being with us today again. Good to see you. My pleasure. Would have been better under cooler circumstances. Um, <laughs> however, let's let's just talk about um, for the six people who have been living under a rock. Let's talk about <laughs> what actually happened in Texas this week. Sure thing. So um, I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This isn't great. Um, it isn't great. It's definitely not great for Texas, and it's not great for. Um, the overall landscape, but that doesn't mean that it is, you know, complete foregone conclusion that that row will fall altogether. So um, what happened in Texas is the Texas legislature passed a bill um, that was signed into law by their governor, who um, the, which said that women who have abortions after six weeks are subject to lawsuits by any citizen in the state of Texas, um, and anybody that helps them is subject to a lawsuit from any citizen in the state of Texas. Any citizen in the state of Texas can file can file this lawsuit oh my God. and say this person got an abortion after six weeks, or this person helps somebody get an abortion after six weeks. And those those helpers can be anybody from your Uber driver to you know your mom who you asked for resources to your friend that accompanied you into the clinic to your clergy person that you confided in who get, you know, who helps you understand what your options were. It can be, you know, anybody that, that gave you money to fund the abortion. It can be, you know, just a whole variety of people that can get sued and there's no limit on how many people can sue you. So say like, say I'm an Uber driver that drove a woman to a clinic and then she, and I had no idea what she was going for. She could have been going for birth control. She could have been going for a cervical cancer screen. She could have been going for any number of reasons. I'm just taking her to get health care, which is what abortion is. Um, and then she ends up getting an abortion at say eight weeks. There is no limit to who could sue me. There could be, you know, 50 people that decide I'm going to sue that Uber driver for driving this woman to the clinic. And each of those lawsuits, if they are, if the lawsuit is won, the person filing the lawsuit gets $10,000 from the state of Texas. Um, the, if oh they gosh. lose, if they lose the woman or the helper or whoever it is gets nothing and they're still responsible for their legal fees. Um, this oh is really... God. This is really designed to, um, this is designed to basically ban abortion because as you know, at six weeks, most women don't know they're pregnant or many women don't know they're pregnant. Mm -hmm. It's really only two weeks after conception. So, um, and doctors, you know, a lot of people have been coming to me and saying, well, like the doctors could justify this. They could just keep performing, you know, these abortions and, you know, take the lawsuits, but they can't because, the doctors, you know, whenever they seek employment anywhere, 
there, they have to answer a question that says, have you ever been sued? And that really impacts, you know, where they can get employed, you know, and their, their whole livelihoods. So it's, you know, it's essentially shutting down abortion in Texas. The reason why this has not been kind of stopped in its tracks the way other other bans like this um, have, you know, we saw it in Georgia and immediately the federal court kind of shut it down and said, no, you can't do this. And we've seen it in, you know, other states that have tried to do this. The reason why is because I know we're all really pissed at the Supreme Court and they really should have put a stay in place on this, but the law was written explicitly to evade judicial review because most times when these laws are put into practice, they're put into practice by the government. And the government says, if you do this, you will be punished by the government. You know, you will go to jail. You will, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. This law says the government's not going to do anything. We are deputizing private citizens to do the job. So we like, you can't really blame us because we're not, we're not doing anything. We're not holding these women responsible it's their fellow citizens. It's, it's the folks around them who we are encouraging to be vigilantes that will be doing this. And so there, the, the problem is, is who do you sue, right? Who do you sue to stop this? Do you sue an individual that tries to sue a woman? Do you like, that's, that's where this is muddy. So that is why the court, you know, when they, the other night, when a say was a stay was sought by the Center for Reproductive Rights and the ACLU, the court said, well, like, we actually don't know how to, we, we like, we don't know how to think about the legality of this law. We don't know how to think about who is responsible in this law. Are they, so that, are they still thinking about it or have they basically said we're out? No, so they are still thinking about it. This, what happened the other night was not saying, no, this is constitutional, go ahead. It was saying, this is, it was saying there is still a question here, so we can't block the law. But that, does, that doesn't mean that it can't come back to the Supreme Court as a big question saying, is this law constitutional, which it will. The Center for Reproductive Rights will be suing Texas and saying, you know, because even though Texas says, oh, well, it's not us, it's not us, they still put the law into place. So, you know, that's the argument that's going to be made. Um, there is another case um, right now, I'm not sure if you know, but there's another case right now, Mississippi has asked the Supreme Court, blatantly outright asked the Supreme Court to um, overturn Roe. And so that's another case at the Supreme Court right now. And like the cases before it, we just don't, we don't know which way, you know, which way it's going to go. As you know, with the Louisiana case last summer, um, Kavanaugh joined the liberal justices and Roberts. And that's why the Louisiana law was, was not allowed to go into, um, into practice. So that's, that's really what is, is happening right now in Texas, what it means for the women in Texas is that they will not get the care that they need. Um, clinics, you know, a lot of clinics will effectively shut down clinics whose, you know, primary, um, primary work is abortion care. Um, there are all kinds of other barriers in Texas, which, which mean that, you know, abortions will essentially have stopped. They have to, um, they have to have two, a minimum of two visits before they get an abortion. So, 
you know, by the time you find out if you have to go in twice and make it before the six weeks, that's nearly impossible. Um, I wonder what determined the six week mark. Like why not make it eight weeks? Like why? I mean, we know why they're, they're doing trying it. to avoid, we know why you're doing yeah. it gentlemen. Thank you. Um, but I think but what they back to something we talked about when you were on before was the women that this affects, you know, this affects the women that really need this healthcare and that now can't have it. Yeah, that's right. It's, um, it's designed to keep people in poverty. It's designed to, you know, keep the white supremacist patriarchy in power. Um, you know, wealthy women will have no problem getting abortion care because they will leave the state. They will go somewhere else to get it. They, you know, they will, they will figure something out. It will mostly affect poor women, women of color. It will affect, um, you know, the people on the margins. And one thing I forgot to mention is that there is no, there was a daily podcast about sort of the intricacies of this the other day. And I encourage everybody to listen to that. The daily is a podcast from the New York times. But one of the things that's kind of crazy about this law is that if you are in say Dallas, you could sue somebody in San Antonio and there is no, there's nothing saying that you have to move the jurisdiction. So that person in San Antonio would have to travel to Dallas for the court case, which, you know, if you know how far apart these places are, it's, you know, it's essentially, you know, traveling from like California to Arizona. So, um, so essentially if I'm some crazy ass in Dallas and I hear about some woman in, you know, Austin that's mm-hmm. had an abortion, I can sue her. Yeah. I don't know her, mm-hmm. but I can sue her and yeah. anyone affiliated with, with whatever went on just because now this is my mission. Which is, that's right. And they're giving big sums of money too. You right. mentioned $10,000. It's like some people would be like, shoot, I'm going to, I'm going to sue her because I need the money. Yeah. They're incentivizing. They're yeah. incentivizing. There's any ramifications if they, if they have a, a, a junk lawsuit, like they could just bring the case. It, there, there's yep. no ramifications if they lose. That's right. So I want to so, spend the next yeah. few minutes, Joy, digging deep and talking about what we as women all over the country can do to make this not happen everywhere and make it go away. What are our options of action here? What can we do? Okay. So if, um, if Roe falls, there are 12 States right now that have what are called trigger bans on the books, which means that, um, immediately, you know, if the court effectively overturns Roe versus Wade, immediately 12 other States would turn into Texas. Um, I know that's not great. There's also a whole bunch of states, including California, that have explicit protections in their legislature to protect the right to choose, to protect the right to abortion care. So, you know, it's there are there are pockets of hope around the country and then there are pockets of real despair. Part of the problem here is that we allowed the court to sort of say that this is a this is a constitutional right. What we really need in order to to make this stick and so that we don't constantly have these little sneaky ways trying to evade you know Roe versus Wade is federal law having it codified into federal law that the power to choose what you do with your body and abortion care is a fundamental human right so one of the things in the legislature right now, and it's actually being voted on in the House on September 20th, is the Women's Health Protection Act. And this has been, you know, sort of a long time coming. And a lot of really important groups have 
worked on this legislation. And that will go through the House on September 20th, and we expect it to pass the House no problem. The Senate is another story, right? We have the majority, but there's also a filibuster. We have a couple of senators that are not so excited about abolishing the filibuster, which is another, you know, another chat for another time. But um, the, the things that we can do is, you know, call our representatives right now, uh, our House representatives right now, and tell them that we support the Women's Health Protection Act, that we want them to vote yes on the Women's Health Protection Act, um, especially if you are listening to this and you are in a red state, um, get everybody you know to flood their telephone lines. Um, I'm, I don't have a lot of faith in our GOP members to switch based on what their constituents want. I mean, as we know, um, abortion is hugely um, popular in terms of the right to choose in the United States. You know, it, the majority of people in the United States believe in, in the right to choose. Um, but call your representatives now. And then, you know, as it's going to move into the Senate, the things that we need to think about is, yes, calling our senators, yes, calling on our senators to put pressure on Manchin and Cinema to abolish the filibuster because it's not, you know, it's not just this, it's infrastructure or not infrastructure, it's, you know, uh, voting rights. It's so many things that we, that are important to our democracy. Um, so that's that's another thing that you can do. And um, that I think is the most important piece. There is also um, an organization called Take Back the Court, which is working on expanding the court because the, you know, the court has essentially been robbed and packed and all kinds of things. And this is not, you know, because we have lifetime appointments uh, that that is a great organization to support if you believe in expanding the court. Um, and so they're, I, you know, they don't have, I'm not exactly sure what the specific number is that they're talking about expanding. I've heard a lot of different numbers going around, you know, 13. And, um, but that's, that's something to take a look at. And then there are a number of organizations that you can support that are, either you know, working on cases against Texas or helping women directly in Texas. So um, you know, I'm involved in the Center for Reproductive Rights. The Center for Reproductive Rights is you know, the go-to organization to represent clinics and women and you know, anybody who needs, um, needs help accessing you know, choice or performing their basic job functions. And so the center, you know, and, and the ACLU uh, will likely be involved as well, are two organizations that will be working on, you know, kind of blocking this law overall. So they're, they're two great places to support there. Also, you know, NARAL, if you know NARAL, NARAL are, is kind of the lobbying arm of the reproductive rights movement. So NARAL is good to support because they'll be doing a lot of footwork on the Women's Health Protection Act. The center is as well, but um, so they're another good organization to report, I think, or to uh, support. I think that um, the knee-jerk reaction is to support Planned Parenthood, and Planned Parenthood is doing, you know, great work overall. But Planned Parenthood can't really do much um, in terms because they provide care. Planned Parenthood action 
if you want to give to Planned Parenthood action, that's, you know, that's a better place to do it than directly to clinics because the clinics in Texas will not be able to operate these services. Um, and then there are a ton of grassroots organizations that you can support on the ground in Texas. I have a list of them here and I can send the list to you. Um, there's, there's an Act Blue fund that will spread your dollars across 10 different organizations um, working in Texas. There's Jane's Due Process, which I'm sure many of you have heard about. There is um, All Above All. There's the National Latina Institute for Reproductive Health. There's the Southeast Workers Union. There's Lupe, which is in the Rio Grande Valley. There's a whole bunch of amazing organizations that are trying to get women in Texas the care they need and trying to help you know, make sure that this law doesn't impact people in the absolute worst way. Joy, you're just, you're a plethora of knowledge. And I think I'll speak for myself, but I think I speak for a lot of us women. This week was a gut punch. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was not, I mean, let's be clear here. No one's about killing babies, right? Abortion is not every, I think there's such a disconnect between what it actually means and having the right to choose what happens to your body. And as a woman and as a mother of two daughters, that is incredibly important. And it's a world that we have only ever known, but now we're moving into this sphere of like, I feel like we've just gone back to like, you know, 150 steps. Mm -hmm. And I've been just, my gut punch this week has just been like, I can't even process thoughts. I've been so upset. And I, I just, I don't know how we got here. And I just know that we as women have to stand up for ourselves. Like this is our moment to just put our foot down and say, hell no, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, it's such a misogynistic law. I mean, it's really designed to punish women. It feels like, um, you know, abortion aside, it just feels like from a global perspective, it makes us take a step back in terms of equal citizens, equal rights. It, I, it feels like we just got diminished as, as humans in, in just in terms of our own human rights, um, that we now have fewer rights than men. Why? And we fought for this for so long and, and it, you know, to have to go back and redo it is horrible, but we have to do it again and again because women need this and it is our right. And, and, you know, we need everybody to, you know, it's like with the me too movements, we've, we've progressed to a certain standard and we need to hold on to that. We can't let these, you know, in general, men take that away from us. We need yeah, to. I, I know a lot of older women in the movement who are just, you know, like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, we fought so hard for this for so yeah. long. And I cannot believe that, you know, our daughters and granddaughters are still fighting for this. This is, um, it is really hard to stomach. Uh, and, and I should, I should note that this, you know, this doesn't only affect, um, women who are seeking this healthcare, right? There are plenty of birthing people who don't identify as women. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, from the point of view of the GOP legislature, they are not considering at all the folks that impregnate birthing people, right? Like, which are mostly men. <laughs> um, and I mean, yeah. They, they have no consequence in this whatsoever, right? Their, their piece of this is completely 
ignored. And this is really designed, you know, to, to subjugate anybody that doesn't, you know, identify as, you know, anybody that doesn't identify as a, a, ma- a cis male. So like, could you imagine if the script was switched and like, I had looked at the lawmakers that had made this, you know, beginning of this decision. And I read them off last night and it was Matt and John and Steve and Jeff yeah. and, you know, Giovanni and whoever else. I mean, could you imagine if it was flipped around and it was Stacy, Jennifer, Joy, Kristen, and all these other women making decisions about men's reproductive situations? I mean, it would never go, like, it would never even be a thing. And so now here we have gentlemen and lots of them making decisions about what goes on in our uteruses. I mean, guys, this is, this is crazy to me. Okay, what if there was a law that we could sue anybody uh, no, anybody in our state, we could sue any man who had unprotected sex without having a vasectomy first. Thank you. Love it. I mean, that's, <laughs> there you go. That's, that's the answer. The, the other Problem side solved. of the coin, right? Yeah. Yes. You want to have unprotected sex, you have to have a vasectomy. Yeah. And, and I can sue you for $10,000 if you haven't had one. This point has been made a million. Anybody can. <laughs> a, a million times, but this, these laws are not what they like to call, you know, pro-life. They're, they're anti-choice and we need to use that language when we're talking about folks that implement these things, right? It's, they do not get to lay claim to being pro-life. They are not pro the woman's life. They are not pro the child's life. I mean, no, they're not funding healthcare or preschool or food stamps or any of those things that children need to thrive once they're outside the womb. They are, they are anti-choice and pro-birth. And that is, that is it. That is the extent of, um, of what it is. And so that one, so I don't want to be all gloom and doom here. So I think I mentioned in the last podcast that most abortions are medication abortions, and there are definitely ways to get those things through the mail. There is also, you know, there are amazing networks of people and individuals right now that are offering to, you know, fly women out of Texas to their States where abortion is legal. Yeah. I've actually heard a lot of uh, big companies that have set up camp in Texas, right? Like that there's been a movement of companies to Texas headquarters over the last handful of years. I've heard of a lot of companies, Uber, Lyft, Bumble, Match, they're setting up funds to protect their drivers. They're setting up funds to take care of their employees if they need to leave the state for any kind of healthcare issues, um, which I have great respect for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um <sighs> you know, we have to figure out what we can do also to protect the doctors, right? Because yes. the the stories coming out of Texas um, from the night before the law went into effect were really devastating. Um, Amy Hegstrom Miller, who um, is the executive director of Whole Women's Health, which won, a, you know, a big decision at the Supreme Court in 2015, they, their waiting room was filled with patients and doctors, you know, at 10, at 10, 15 were crying because they had so many patients in the waiting room and they didn't know how they were going to get them all the care that they needed in time before the midnight deadline. And, you know, the lawyers at the center for reproductive rights were texting them at 1156 saying, you know, you have to stop right now. Like you have to stop right now because the law is about to go into effect. And I'm happy to report that they got 
their waiting room cleared. They got everybody in for the care that they needed, but they did it under duress. There were protesters in the parking lot, shining floodlights on people as they came in, um, calling the police and the fire department saying they had too many people inside the clinic. You know, of course that wasn't true. Um, but these doctors, you know, are these, these doctors are not being allowed to practice, practice their actual, you know, their actual jobs. Like they're not, and it's devastating for them because they, they know who these women are. They see who these women are that come in. These aren't, um, you know, these aren't careless people that just, you know, went out and had lots of sex and got pregnant. And, oh, I'm, this is, I'm using this as birth control. That is not the reality of abortion care. Most people who get abortions are people that already have children at home and can't afford another mouth to feed. Um, and the fact that this law has no exceptions for or maybe um, they were rape or incest is Or maybe there was something horrible, horrible that happened. And right. you know what, now, now they get to deal with it, like on top of everything else, like Let's, let's unpack that gentleman, right. you know, or maybe their birth control just failed and they're not ready to have a child and that's okay too. Um, so I had a friend say the other day that, it, you know, um, you know, it's, un it's unfair to play like to do this to young women who may be, um, scared and stressed and et cetera, et cetera, who are trying to make a difficult decision. And I said, you know, it's not always women. They're not always young and they're not always scared and stressed. And it's not always a difficult decision. Sometimes it is just the right decision and that is okay too. We are allowed to make the decisions that are right for our lives, our bodies, our families. And um, trying to take that right away is, you know, nothing short of saying that birthing people are, you know, a, a lesser class in this country. Well, and I think it goes to say, you know, just kind of as we're in this whole COVID, you know, vaccination, not vaccination, what you're seeing is the private sector responding and saying, okay, you're not going to be able to come in without X, Y, or Z. I think something may be said about the private sector coming in and supporting women and saying, okay, you know what? Thank you, Texas, for your goofy ass opinion of things, but here's how the, the population is going to respond. And so maybe more people and businesses gearing towards the support of women and reproductive rights is what we need. And maybe it's what we've always needed. And now here we just have an opportunity to really rise to the occasion. Yeah. And I'm, you know, Sam, you mentioned that, that you have two daughters. I have a daughter. Um, I have a friend. We all have daughters here. Yeah. And I have, you know, I have a friend with twin daughters who lives in Austin. And she said this week, you know, as they're the same age as my daughter, um, who is 11. And she said, you know, as soon as they're 13, I'm putting them on birth control. And I, that's, that's a, you know, that's a decision you don't want to have to make as a mother at all, um, at that age. And there are all kinds of, decisions like this, you know, I personally was like, well, geez, like, I guess I can't let Eden go to college in Texas when she's ready. I guess I'll discourage her from moving there, even if she has a great job opportunity. Um, because I, you know, what we want for our kids is for them to always be able to access the healthcare that they need. I would, you know, I would never send them to a state where they said, you know, we can't perform any surgeries here. This is the same thing, mm. you know, it's the same thing. So it's, um, it's going to 
you know, have the domino effect with other states and it's going to spread across the country. So we really can't let this happen in Texas. We have to do everything we can to keep that, you know, from happening. Uh, the trickle down effect would just be way too great. And it would be such a step back in our country's history. That's absolutely right. And so I, again, I'll just reiterate, you know, if we can pass the Women's Health Protection Act, and if it seems like we can't get it through the Senate, the midterms are coming up. You know, in 2022, the midterms are coming up. And if you want to see this pass and it's not passing with the Senate that we have, then we have to do everything we can to get more Democratic senators elected in 2022 so that we can finally, you know, codify the right to full health care for anybody that is capable of giving birth in this country. Yeah. yeah. And I think I had posted something about how it felt to be a woman yesterday on my Instagram question of the day. Right. And it was devastated, you know, gut punched, uh, unsafe, um, that I feel like I don't matter. And those are words as women, we never want to feel. And those are words as American women, we should never have to feel. And so I really feel that now is our time ladies to step up and lock arms and put our feet in the ground and say, not today. <laughs> That's right. And I also think that we should not be remiss in including men in this movement. Um, they need to stand up for us as well. We need to be talking to our sons about this and telling them why this is not, you know, not something that any of us should stand for, that they need to be active participants in protecting the rights of everybody and not just the things that impact them. I think that's really important to mention. This is not a women's issue. This is yeah. a human rights issue that everybody should care about because women and birthing people are humans period, yep. end of story. And we should not, we should have our bodily autonomy. Absolutely. As a mother of teenage boys, I think that is uh, also, I have girls and boys, but you know, the boys need to be educated in this as well. And I'm glad you brought that up, Joy, because uh, it is part of the male responsibility to keep their women safe and to make sure that, you know, everyone is allowed healthcare. It doesn't matter if you're a man, a woman, a child, it, bad things happen. There are reasons for, for need of these surgeries and, and abortions, and we can't go backwards. Um, so we could keep going on and, and say so much more about this. Um, but Joy, thank you so much for joining us again here on Inspired. We want to thank our listeners for, uh, joining us in support of the Women's Health Protection Act. Everybody needs to go out and uh, do what they can to support these things, support the Center for Reproductive Rights, call your representatives, vote, and do anything you can to keep this from happening in Texas. Thank you all for joining Inspired. We hope this inspired you to get out and do your work. Thanks, women. <laughs>